You're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures great and small and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by Vet Staff, New Zealand's only 100% owned and operated recruitment agency dedicated to the veterinary sector. Welcome to episode 90. I'm your show host, Julie South. Wow, number 90. Coming up today, I want to introduce you to a new tool we've designed at VetStaff for clinics that want to DIY their own recruiting. As far as I can gather, it's a world first and something we're pretty excited about. We're also going to have a look at imposter syndrome from a completely different angle to anything I think you might have thought about before. I want to share how one teeny tiny incy wincy word you're probably using out of habit has the amazing power to cut you off at the knees and totally undermine whatever it is you're saying or talking about. Before we get to those, though, I want to let you know that everyone and everything we do at VetStaff is underpinned by two core beliefs. The first is that we believe all veterinary professionals deserve to work at a vet clinic job of their dreams where they are respected and valued. The second is that we believe all vet clinics deserve to have engaged and motivated employees working for them who love Monday mornings. If that sounds like the type of recruitment agency you'd like to work with, then please check us out at vetstaff.co.nz. You know how finding and keeping good veterinary professionals right now is hard. There's always the fear another clinic is going to poach your star performers. Here at VetStaff, we've designed a program to help vet clinics anywhere in the world recruit and retain their star performers. Not only does it help you retain the star performers already on your team, it also helps make recruiting easier because as a participating clinic, you'll receive the Vet Staff Seal of Accreditation or Participation. Having this seal instantly identifies your clinic as a Vet Staff Employer of Choice because it's us polishing your halo from the outside and we can back up our claim. It's not you on the inside beating your chest about how great you are. Our third-party endorsement gives your clinic the Vet Staff Employer of Choice accredited tick. Right now, we're launching our pilot program, and if you'd like to be considered as one of our beta clinics, please let me know by sending me an email to julie at vetstaff.co.nz. If you want to participate, the process is very simple and totally affordable. It's less than the cost of an average small bitch spay. We'll ask for some proof of verification, which is easy to get, and that's it. Easy peasy. Because very few clinics right now are fully staffed, it means most clinics are competing for the same high-caliber staff. Every little thing you can do to identify your clinic as being more attractive to work at will make a difference. If your clinic's not recognized as a vet staff employer of choice, you'll miss out to the clinic down the road that is. 
today. It's the clinics that are retaining and rewarding their staff in meaningful ways that get to recruit the best staff. If you're not doing this in a way that's easily recognised and verified, you'll miss out to those clinics that are. Being recognised as a vet staff employer of Choice Vet Clinic is something to be proud of. Imagine having the edge when it comes to recruiting high performers. Imagine having a wait list of high caliber performers who want to work at your clinic. Because this is what can happen once the word starts to get out that your clinic is an employer of choice. Imagine how many headaches you'll save when it comes to hiring new staff. Vet staff seals of participation and accreditation are a completely independent and recognised way for your clinic to stand out as a vet clinic employer of choice. If this sounds like something you'd like for your clinic, then email me, julie at vetstaff.co.nz today to start the ball rolling at your clinic. And just to clarify, it doesn't matter whether you're a client of us, ours, or you're doing your own recruiting, your DIYing, you can have this as well. I look forward to answering your questions about that. On to imposter syndrome. Most of us get affected by that from time to time. The trick is in recognizing it for what it is and then moving on, silencing that little undermining voice in your head. Sometimes that voice could even sound like someone you grew up with who got off on putting you down. They might even have told you it was for your own good, that no one likes show-offs or people who are too big for their boots. What I want to do today is share words you probably use in your everyday language that disempower you. Then I'll take you through ways that you can say the same thing without using the imposter or the disempowering word. The reframe, the new way of talking, will give you more credibility and authority, especially at work. Having credibility and authority are important, especially when you're recommending a particular course of treatment to a client for their pet or animal. It's important regardless of your job title, whether you're a vet, a nurse, a practice manager, an HR manager, or someone else, to come across confident and credible professionally. Why? Because insecure people are hard to be around, because their insecurity somehow manages to suck other people dry. Constantly boosting people up all the time is hard work, and after a while, it wears thin. Don't be that person that sucks everyone else dry through your insecurity. Whether you're in a job interview, a team meeting, a casual conversation with your colleagues, or consulting with a client, projecting know-how and authority is the best way to get taken seriously. Right now, today, there's one word you can eliminate immediately, straight away, this very moment, to fast track your path to credibility. That one insy, weeny, teeny, tiny word that undermines you and what you're saying every time you use it is one single word every single time. It's not a word people consciously recognize. The people you're with aren't going to consciously discount what you're saying. 
just like the job interviewer won't immediately discount you as their next new hire. Most of the time, you and they won't consciously register it, but unconsciously, that's a whole different matter. And what is that single teeny weeny tinsy tiny word? It's the word just, J-U-S-T. Every time you use the word just, it sends a subtle and unconscious message of questioning your credibility, know-how and authority. It waters down, it dilutes what you're saying and hints that you may even doubt your own convictions and ideas. Kind of makes you wishy-washy. And oftentimes, just is often accompanied by other nonverbals, by your body language that support your unsureness and lack of self-confidence. This is all subconscious. Like I said, you don't even realize you're doing it. Let's start with talking about when you're sharing an opinion. For example, at a team meeting. Writers and expressions like, that's just my opinion, and just my two cents worth, can gravely undermine what you're saying. I know I use them from time to time as well. And every time I do, I kick myself for doing it. It's just my opinion. It's just my two cents worth. For example, a new grad vet or a new grad nurse might tell their lead vet or head nurse something and then suffix, but that's just my opinion, or prefix it with, it's just my opinion, but. There are two things going on with each of those statements. The first is the but. But negates everything around it. We all know the person who says yes, but really means no. When you couple but with just, you're basically saying you don't expect to be taken seriously. After all, it's just your opinion. You could also swap just for only. It's only my opinion, but. But it's only my opinion. The word just or only, carries dead weight that drags down and weakens all the other words surrounding it. To sound more confident when voicing your opinion, you need to drop the entire clause of buts, onlys, justs, and swap the weak expression, I think, with the stronger, I believe. When you do this, you'll sound more credible and confident. For example, that sentence would then be, I believe we should, whatever. Then what about those times when you have something to add to a discussion? For people who are insecure or lacking self-belief, they'll kick in or they'll kick off their sentences with, if I could just add something. Now, while the goal is probably to sound collaborative, using just in combination with a phrase suggesting that you're adding to the previous speaker's comment makes it seem like you're clinging to the other person's coattails rather than putting forth your own idea. Sure, your comment might be in addition to the conversation. However, it's your independent thought and therefore you are worthy of separate consideration. 
And preceding it with an expression like, if I could, makes you sound like you're asking for permission to speak. Can you imagine putting your hand up? Somebody who's very insecure will be putting their hand up, just trying to butt in. It smacks of lacking in confidence. Sadly, other people won't take what you've got to say very seriously if you sound wishy-washy. The solution is to eliminate the phrase, if I could just add something. Instead, get straight to the point you're making. Of course, if you feel you need to or want to bridge to something that was said earlier, rather than barge straight on in with your idea, instead reference what the previous speaker said briefly and introduce your point of view. A word of caution, when referring to a previous statement, make sure you present your idea as an independent, standalone thought and or idea. Then, this is number three, what about the times when you need to give someone negative feedback? In other words, it's one of those difficult conversations that none of us like, where you might feel like you're criticizing someone else. Or maybe you're on the receiving end of negative feedback and you feel like you need to defend your position. If we're lacking self-confidence and or we don't get much experience in having those difficult conversations, we'll be worried the other person won't like us because of our criticism. So we'll want to downplay to minimize our opinion so as not to upset them, so as not to hurt them. Starting a negative feedback conversation with words like, I just mean, or I just want to say, can make you sound both weak and or defensive. If giving negative feedback is difficult for you, it's easy to fall into the trap of minimizing what you're saying so that you don't hurt the other person. You are not doing the hurting. For example, let's say you're the newly appointed lead vet or head nurse who is required to give constructive feedback to a junior after a procedure that didn't go quite according to plan. Let's say it involved taking dental x-rays that took forever and then didn't produce a particularly clear set of radiographs. An insecure, non-confident person might say, I just want to ask you how you thought about taking those radiographs went. Then there's that word just again. I just want to ask. It's a weak opening statement and undermines and diminishes any attempt you might make to offer clear guidance down the track. The way you kick off the sentence also gives the impression it's just a small question, a trivial by the way type of question and not a serious statement and conversation that deserves a serious answer and discussion. Instead, a more powerful way to open for both you and the other person could be to say something like, Those dental x-rays you took before weren't usable. Let's explore how you can improve on your, if it wasn't x-rays, something else, whatever it was for the next time. So those, whatever it was, wasn't whatever you wanted, usable. Let's explore how you can improve on for next time. 
That sounds more confident and assertive. It's without you being aggressive or demeaning the other person. It also opens up a way forward for improvement and progression. And finally, the fourth, just. When you're trying to sound humble, we've all heard people use the phrase, I'm just the junior nurse, new grad, new vet, I'm just the receptionist. Or, I'm only the new grad, new nurse, only the receptionist. When people refer to themselves this way, they're attempting to pass the buck or downplay their importance in a certain decision or situation. These self-deprecating expressions with just or only as the centerpieces may be intended to offer context or strike, strike a note of humility, but wind up suggesting a lack of pride. Let's get one thing straight. No one is ever just someone or just something. You are not just a new grad. You are not just a receptionist. Or you're not just a stay-at-home mum. It's taken you years of studying to be a new grad. Don't weaken it by preceding it with just. Likewise with being a receptionist. There's no just involved. You've answered the phone hundreds, maybe thousands of times, under pressure when everything around you is falling apart. And you can still answer it with a smile and sound unflappable and fully in control. Don't discount or demean your ability to do that because not everyone can. And if you ever describe yourself as I'm just a stay-at-home mum or parent or dad, please, being a parent is a privilege. Own it with pride. You play an important part, an important role in your world, in your clinic and in your life. Stand tall and own it because there's only one of you. If you've been listening to these podcasts for a while, you may notice that I sign off in a very certain way with very deliberate invitation for you to be the most fantabulous version of you that you can be. I want you to be more than just. I want you to be fantabulously you. Those are four examples of just you might be using out of habit that I invite you today to quit using. The first one, drop the just your opinion and just your two cents worth statements. Number two, if I could just add something just get on with it. Just do it. Your important, your opinion counts. Make it count. Number three, kicking off those difficult conversations with an opening statement like, I just want to say, oh. and number four, I'm just a, you are not just a, you can be fantabulously you. Those are four justs. And here are a few other words I'd like you to have an awareness of, a cognizance of. Statements like, I'll just quickly draw some bloods. Just and quickly make it sound like anyone can do it. I can't do that. So please drop the just and the quickly. And here are some more words. Little. Nothing is little. Only. Quick. Don't you think. But. This negates whatever you said previously. Yes, but. Always means no. 
I'm sorry. When you say it, mean it, not as your standard way of starting a sentence. How many people do that? I'll try. Either do it or don't do it. Drop the try. To be honest. Why are you saying you're being honest at that point in a conversation? Does that mean you haven't before then? This is one of those habit statements. Listen out for it and drop it if it's you. And if you haven't been honest, then say it and fess up, own up, and drop telling people you're being honest because we expect that as a given. So... Oh my gosh, over the last three or so years, this has been the word people now use to start a sentence. Please drop the so at the beginning of a sentence and just get on with it. Listen out for broadcasters, news announcers, the people that are interviewing will then start their sentence, so, and they get on with it, just get on with it. I don't know. Be careful how you use this. It's a bit like, I'm sorry. Don't say it if you don't mean it. If you have an opinion but are too scared to opine it, don't lie to yourself and everyone else by saying you don't know when you do. And finally, how about when someone asks you to do something and then you reply with the question, do you think I'm ready? Or words to that effect. You question their opinion of you. They wouldn't have asked you to do something if they didn't think you were ready, capable and able. Thank you for listening. I trust that you found this helpful. If you've got kids, if you're a parent, you can help them to break their just and only habits before they're too entrenched. Pull them up on it now while they're young. Show them a different way of speaking, a more confident way of speaking. They'll thank you for it later. And remember, even if you're not currently a vet staff client and would like to give your DIY recruiting a bit more grunt, then please get in touch to find out about our employer of choice accreditations. We'd love you to be one of our pilot clinics. Email me, julie at vetstaff.co.nz and let me know you're interested. Thank you for spending the last half an hour or so of your life with me. I truly value and appreciate it. This is Julie South signing off and inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you. You can be kia kaha, kakiti ano, God bless. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vetstaff. If you've never heard of Vetstaff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vetstaff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, Vetstaff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz